It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. News Radio 840 WHAS welcomes you to Jim Strader Outdoors, the area's leading authority on hunting and fishing. Jim Strader Outdoors is brought to you by Mossy Oak Properties Heart Realty. For the outdoor home of your dreams, call Paul Thomas at 270-524-1980. Gary Roman's Firearm Service Center. Linden Animal Clinic, your pet's best friend. Sportsman's Taxidermy. Visit them at sportsmanstaxidermy.com. A.N. Roth Heating and Cooling, a family-owned business with over 100 years' experience in the Louisville area. Wildlife Habitat Solutions. Check Jim and his team on Facebook at Wildlife Habitat Solutions. And SMI Marine, getting your boat back on the water in no time. To join in on the conversation, call us at 571-8484 inside Louisville. 1-800-444-8484 outside of the metro and pound 840 for Verizon wireless callers. Now sit back and relax and enjoy the next two hours of Jim Strader Outdoors. We came from the West Virginia coal mines and the Rocky Mountains and the Western skies. I got a shotgun, a rifle, and a four-wheel drive, and a country boy can survive. We can skin a buck and run a trot line, and a country boy can survive. Country folks can survive. Good evening, everyone. Jim Strader broadcasting live here from the Strader Rancho Deluxe in northeastern Jefferson County. We are again uh, broadcasting from home because of coronavirus. And uh, it's worked out pretty well so far. And uh, hopefully a lot of you will be able to get back to more normal circumstances. We're certainly looking forward to it. Um, I had been encouraging everyone to get outdoors for the past several weeks. and Lo and behold, some of the Dr. Savants that we have out there are now saying that fresh air and sunshine kills the virus. Well, <laughs> that is some very, very welcome news and uh, something that I certainly have been taking to heart because I have been turkey hunting and fishing. Over the past week, uh, fished quite a bit for crappie, and uh, that's one of the things I'm going to lead off here in my opening monologue talking about is the fish activity uh, at lakes around the region. Obviously, we had some tumultuous weather uh, here over the last several weeks, a lot of wind. Man, I, we've been so windy compared to what I 
recall as normal that it's uh, almost like we're in March. You know, March is usually our really windy month this time of year, but it has been very, very windy uh, in April, and it's been rainy. So we've continued into that pattern somewhat uh, here this week, but I fought the wind and did extremely well for crappie, and I'm very happy to report that there's still fish that are uh, spawning. And uh, I saw it in both species, both the black and white crappie. Uh, however, I will say that uh, on average, the blacks were holding eggs a little longer, which is the opposite of what I thought it would be. Normally, it's the reverse. But in any regard, uh, what I think has happened here, these fluctuating weather patterns have staggered the spawn. Uh, now, let me be clear about this. I'm not saying the, you know, the full blush of the normal spawn is still at its peak. It is not. It is definitely tailing off. But what I am saying is there are still fish uh, shallow. A lot of males uh, are still uh, on the nest. We had the dark phase of the moon this week on Wednesday, I believe it was. And uh, I did fish on Tuesday and Wednesday and caught a number of uh, at least a third of the fish I caught were females that were still really, really swollen with eggs. And uh, when I cleaned them, the eggs were fully formed. There was no sign of any uh, deterioration in the eggs, so they were viable. And I'm sure those females were going to lay most of those eggs in the next several days, i.e. probably leading up to today or beyond. Uh, and as they continue to come to the shallows, the males will certainly be there uh, nesting, and they'll continue to guard the eggs. So what I want to pass along here is I think we're going to have some very decent shallow water along the banks, although scattered, uh, crappie fishing for another week or so. And that's something we all enjoy. I also... Uh, saw evidence of some bluegill and, and uh, shellcrackers starting to move into the shallows in preparation for spawning. They're up on the shallow flats and uh, ganging up. And the female bluegill that I caught were chuck full of eggs and are getting ready. So the full moon is on the uh, 5th of May, which is obviously right around the corner now. So a lot of really good fishing opportunity out there. Bass are starting to stage up in some of the farm ponds. I've seen some males actually start to uh, engage in, in the, the nest building process. Uh, the males, as most of you realize, are the ones that uh, scoop out the nest and guard the eggs and then guard the fry after they're hatched. And the big females stage up to participate in the process. So from now through that moon, uh, in May, it's going to be one of the prime times to catch really large female bass and, and really nice-sized males while they're in the shallows participating in that process. Um, catfish are on the move. They're up shallow. They're taking advantage of these rainstorms in a big way. They tend to move shallow to uh, feed on uh, night crawlers and red worms that wash into the the runoffs and 
they're really keen on shallow water feeding right now. So if you like to fish for all the above, it's, it's rocking and rolling right now and, and uh, will remain that way for several weeks now. The bluegill and red ear, of course, this is just the start of their cycle. The bass, I've no doubt, are really going to go to work uh, spawning uh, as we approach that full moon. So uh, all kind of things will work. Blizzards, uh, uh, tubulars, sinkholes, uh, in flooded bushes and timber, you can throw spinnerbait. They'll hit uh, rattle traps, surface lures. A lot of folks have asked me recently, is it too early for surface lures? No, it is definitely not. They're uh, revved up, and uh, it's actually one of the best ways to catch big fish in shallow water. I've said this for years, and a lot of people scratch their heads when I say this, but a surface lure is actually one of the best presentations for big bass when they're shallow. And here's the reason why. When they're in shallow water, they're, they're spooky. Uh, they're hard to get close to. Uh, and when they're tight in cover, you can catch them flipping jigs and some other things. But what a, a surface lure has going for it is the fact that the fish can't see it very well. Uh, because it's at the surface, they're looking at something that, in your manipulations of it, looks like a crippled bait fish. And it, it seems to trigger their predatory instincts, if you will. In other words, it triggers a strike. And uh, I've caught a lot of really big bass during this period when they're in shallow water. You cover a lot of terry. You can use a walking bait or a chugging bait. Uh, or if you like the slow motion approach, you can use something like a floating rapala and uh, just catch a lot of really nice fish this time of year. So I wanted to pass that along. Stripers are shallow in several of the lakes around the region. Uh, they are starting to cruise the shallows looking for uh, the uh, shad, which are, are moving shallow into the creeks and getting ready to spawn on that moon in May. So for the next two to three weeks, again, this is a great time that you can actually cast uh, artificial lures for stripers and or hybrids, but I'm speaking mainly here about stripers and uh, enjoy some really, really good success. That's uh, a magic time at Lake Cumberland and some of the other lakes where we've got uh, a number of stripers and it's something that I thoroughly enjoy and wanted to pass that along. Coming back from break, I'm going to talk about the turkey season, what I've been seeing, what uh, my confidants and, and folks that I network with are seeing. I'd love to know if it matches what you're seeing. In that regard, if you want to call us, we're doing open lines tonight. Here's the numbers as usual. 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. This break is presented by SMI Marine. Starcraft Center console boats and deck boats, Falcon Bass boats, a new line of low aluminum boats, and they are ready, willing, and able to take care of any of your trouble shooting needs on your boat. Uh, if you're just now getting ready for getting back on the water, they'll be glad to prep it and get it going for you. And if you'd like to talk to them about a new boat, give them a call. They'll be glad to go over the details. Remember, you never get soaked by my friends at SMI Marine. Yes. 
And we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors. Again, we're doing open lines tonight, folks. The numbers, 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. I am sure a large number of you boys and gals have been out chasing turkeys. Uh, Kentucky season opened last weekend. Indiana opened the middle of this week. And... It's an unusual season in some regards, but it's also uh, got a lot of, I guess, uh, bright spots on the horizon uh, for what's to come. We have seen evidence, and when I say we, I'm talking about my circle of friends, which are very, very wide, honestly, uh, all across the state. Uh, They're folks that I know I can trust with what they observe, and and we've hunted together for many, many years, so uh, we like to network like that, as I'm sure most of you do. But what they're seeing overall is uh, a a real big separation of gobblers and hens. In other words, the flocks not only have broken up, but a lot of the hens are laying, uh, traveling as singles, uh, throughout the day, feeding by themselves, uh, going to the nest, laying eggs. Some of them are still on the roost at night, but most of them, uh, or a good number of them, have started nesting now. And what we're seeing is evidence that there's going to be a significant second breeding effort by a pretty significant number of hens. And what that seems to be driven by is nest predators destroying the first effort, which has become a big, big factor, quite frankly, in the survival or the uh, viability of of the nest and and the uh, pulps that result from that nesting effort. Once a predator hits a nest and destroys eggs, Uh, and this is especially true, incidentally, if a hen is laying eggs, you know, going to the nest, laying an egg or two, and then going about a business during the day, roosting at night, coming back down, depositing her eggs over several days to where she's completed the uh, clutch, and then she starts to uh, incubate them. Well, when she returns to a nest in a raccoon or a possum or a coyote, uh, you know, you name it, everything out there seems to love to get after these nests. Um, if that's destroyed, she'll leave that nesting site and start to re-nest somewhere else. I have also seen evidence and reports of nests where the 20-degree temperatures that we had when the eggs were not being incubated had uh, been ruined. So when you put those two things together, you see that we're going to have a number of hens uh, that are going to continue breeding, and uh, this creates a lot of movement by the gobblers. And gobbling activity on days when the weather's been right has been really good overall. However, there seems to be a shortage in most areas of two-year-old birds, the ones that Gobble like crazy on the roost, gobble like crazy on the ground, uh, come very readily to a call. 
But the good news is there's lots of Jakes, lots of uh, my folks from east to west, north to south in the state and in southern Indiana region are reporting uh, a really good number of Jakes, which uh, is a really good thing going forward. And I think it's a result of the last two years, we've had not the best uh, reproductive efforts from the turkeys. You know, a lot of you have complained and I have complained and noticed a real uh, decline in numbers in many areas. However, last year we had a little more normal uh, hatch and we had a real good late hatch last year. And at this point, I'm kind of looking for the same thing. Uh, a lot of it will depend on the weather patterns that we get after the poults hatch out. If we have cold, rainy weather uh, in late May and June, then you're going to see a die-off in a number of the poults because the mama turkey can only keep them warm and dry so long. Um, it's very difficult for them, especially if they have a large clutch. So that's what we've been seeing. That's what I have had reports from most people. But I would, again, love to hear from you folks about what you're seeing, what what you've been observing. Uh, again, though, overall, a lot of folks are talking about a lack of the two-year-old birds, which, of course, is year before last's hatch, which seemed pretty sparse in most areas. So. Um, the thing to remember and the thing that you're going to see evidence of as we go through this season, weather-wise, because of how warm it got early in April, a lot of the turkeys really got busy uh, breeding early. They busted up early. There was real significant breeding activity the first week of April. Uh, if any of you had use out, during the new season, I'm sure if you were in good turkey habitat, you probably saw uh, numbers of hens with gobblers, gobbler or gobblers trailing behind them. And there was a lot of breeding going on. I observed it. A lot of my friends did. A lot of uh, pictures and activity like that on trail cameras. Uh, again, coming in from across the region. And then the birds broke up. Very rapidly, when, when the flocks broke up, it was almost as if they immediately went into breeding uh, process. A lot of years, you've got a big shuffle that occurs over about a week to 10-day period from winter flocks to break up to the beginning of breeding activity and then a breakdown in the hen flocks is, a, I guess, a slow process. This year, it's like those Winter flocks broke up, and all of a sudden they they were they were ready to breed, and I'm sure they were taking advantage of that unusually warm weather we had. So, what this means is, uh, a gobbler's going to be making big circles looking for receptive hens, and there's going to be enough receptive hens to keep them in that kind of a breeding mentality as we uh, go through the month here. And they're going to be receptive to calling because they're going to be looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> so uh, we'll keep you abreast of that. We got to go to break here. 
The break is presented by Mossy Oak Properties, Hart Realty. Paul Thomas is a realtor. Check out all his new listings, farm properties, wildlife properties, M-O-P-H-A-R-T, realty.com. And we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors. Again, doing open lines tonight. Numbers 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. And in that regard, we got our buddy Gary from Elkmont, Alabama on the line. Gary, how are you? Hey, Jim, I'm doing great. And what you said about the turkey hunting uh, has been the same way down here. And I, I hunt in Tennessee. I hunt the southernmost counties on Interstate 65 in Tennessee. Uh, and our season, of course, opened that first Saturday in April. And uh, it was like it was the third week of the month uh, in the breeding site. But right now they're almost in a May pattern. So just the same way up here, about two weeks ahead of time. Yep. Uh, you know, we've had some really goofy weather that has swept all across the southeastern part of the United States. Did you all have those real heavy frosts down there here about a week ago? We had some frosts. They weren't that heavy. Uh, keep in mind, most of the time, we are about 10 degrees warmer than you guys are up there. Right. Well, that front... So we had... Just, we had it, you know, when it came through here, we got down in the 20s uh, two different nights, and it, it damaged a lot of the vegetation. I, I think most of it will recuperate, but it was uh, it was pretty uh, drastic situation. It, we had frost that almost looked like snow, you know what I mean? Just real hard frost. Yeah. yeah. What? Uh, we, had just, we had light frost in sheltered areas, and that was it. I see. Well, uh, how how has your season gone for you? It, uh, for me, I hadn't done any good, and it's just, it's just me. The birds are there, but it it is a strange season. Uh, like I said, it's um, the the patterns are more like a late season pattern now, and I'm just hoping we're getting into those toms coming around looking for us, like you said, looking for love in the wrong places down here. Yep. Uh, the other thing you discussed and got my mind thinking. With a decrease in the number of coon hunters, that has to be an increase in predators out there, plus the the uh, growth of the coyote population on, on our turkeys, I would think. Very much so. Uh, we've got tons of bobcats now, which they're a really, really efficient predator on on turkeys. You know, they'll snatch them off a limb at night. Uh, oh, I'll right up to the ground. you got coyotes that have learned they can rush into a flock, uh, especially if a gobbler's got his tail in a fan and the coyote comes in on his backside, uh, the gobbler won't see until it's too late. And they're very adept. I've watched them do it. Uh, they'll belly crawl up, get within striking range. When that mm -hmm. gobbler turns his fan the wrong way, buddy, they're on him. And, uh, and then coons. That in, in a speed thicket. Yep, yep. And raccoons, to me, are one of the worst. And unfortunately, and this is something I think is something we ought to pass along, uh, folks that feed deer feed coons, too, in most cases. And they really attract a lot of coons into areas where 
they'll turkey hunt later. So they really need to engage in predator control uh, on properties where they're feeding, especially for raccoons. You can use those uh, dog-proof uh, pipe traps. I'm sure you've probably seen them or familiar with them. It's a pipe that's got a trigger at the bottom, and you put your bait in the pipe, and uh, uh, a dog or a coyote won't, won't put his foot down a pipe, but a coon will. You know, he'll reach in there to, to get the bait, yeah. and then you've got him. And it's very, very well, efficient. So I do want to pass that along because I'm a firm believer in, in controlling the number of predators. So you'll have more turkeys and deer. And, and the other thing I had to say, and I was thinking about a few weeks ago when Mr. Roman was on, we are talking about home defense weapons. Now, now, I fooled the armed forces for about 25 years of service and got a retirement out of it, and I did a couple of trips to Iraq. And some of these pistol rounds, they may not go through seven sheets of, of uh, sheetrock like he was talking about with buckshot, but they'll go through a couple. So there's, there may be no self-alternative. It's just a choice you got to make. Either damned if you do or damned if you don't what you shoot somebody with. Right. Well, I, I will but, say close range, even number eights, are very, very efficient. <laughs> That's true. And, I mean, I'm not a scrimmage for him either. He's an expert on that. I, I learned a lot listening to his shows. And the last thing, and I'll hang up so your locals can get on, uh, the fact that I'm talking to you from down here in Alabama proves the, the power of your radio station and the advertising message you put out. And I thank your advertisers for having you on. Well, I appreciate that. That's the hubris that greases the wheel, of course. And, and I've got the best advertisers in the world, most of them have been with me a long, long time, and I'm very proud of our relationship and what they provide to to the sportsmen and women of the Commonwealth and the surrounding areas. You know, I'm proud I've been of talking to you since I think I've been talking to you since about 2001 or 2002, and most of those names seem very, very familiar to me now. Yep, yep. Well, that's a good thing. Well, Gary, stay after them, and uh, I'd love to hear from you after season's over. Let us know how you did. All right. Take care, my friend. Bye. You bet. Let's go to uh, Steve, who's calling from down at Rough River, it appears. Hey, Steve, how are you? Oh, all right. Steve's left us. Uh, we were talking there about that predator control situation, and, and uh, I'm very, very adamant about that. Uh, it's something that if you really care about your critters, you know, deer and turkeys and rabbits and quail or whatever may uh, be living on the property where you hunt or where you manage or where you live. Uh, these predators are just too daggone prevalent nowadays. And, and that's something that uh, you need to be mindful of and, and take care of business. It's a, actually, it's an interesting pastime. And it'll teach you, trapping in general teaches you so much about nature and uh, uh, yeah. um, there's someone at the door. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, there's so much uh, to be gained by controlling those predators. And you do learn a tremendous amount about reading sign, how to... Uh, scout an area and, and in doing so you will learn so much more about the deer and turkeys and what have you on your property because you'll 
get in touch with their movement patterns, how they're using the area and what they do. So uh, that's something that you need to really consider in your management plan. So I'm going to go to a quick break here, folks. Uh, we had company come to the door and the dog's barking. <laughs> they started broadcasting it at the house. So, uh, again, the numbers tonight, 571-8484, or 1-800-444-8484. Uh, Steve, uh, I'd love to hear from you down there at Rough River if you want to call back. And uh, we got to go to break. This break is presented by SMI Marine. 11400 Westport Road, just north of the Gene Snyder StarCraft Center consoles and deck boats, a new line of low aluminum boats and Falcon bass boats. So go see them. They'll take great care of you. Remember, you never get soaked by my friends at SMI Marine. And we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors. Again, we're doing open lines tonight. The number is 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. And, uh, again, we're talking about this year's turkey season, which is very unique <laughs> in a lot of aspects, and uh, the fish activity. And both of them are good. Uh, again, with the turkeys, it's a bit of a scrambled egg situation in that they started out early they bred early again if any of you were out there during the youth turkey season i'm sure you saw gobblers dragging behind groups of hens uh, and they were already somewhat advanced even at that time uh, by that i mean the flocks were broken up you, you didn't have the numbers of say eight ten twelve hens uh, with gobblers the way you normally would but some of that's due to the lighter number of turkeys that we got as a result of the poor hatches we've had because all this rainy weather over the past, I don't know, four or five years now. It seems like we've had uh, these really bad rains come in about the time the poults were being hatched. And when you get wet, cool weather uh, and those poults are still on the ground and unable to fly up into a tree um, and even shortly after that until they're fully fledged out and have hard feathers they're very very vulnerable to chilling and so what happens if the hen turkey cannot cover them and keep them warm underneath their body uh, during those rains and they get wet and they get chilled they uh, die of hypothermia or some respiratory situations that uh, occur from them being chilled but uh, in reality it's mostly uh, hypothermia that weakens them to the point where they just unfortunately don't make it and it it that has two effects one is you get a much higher mortality rate in the poults and in many cases you get a, a total loss uh, of, of numbers of hens that have poults and while they do re-nest it kind of gets to be a bit iffy honestly we, we've seen uh, young turkeys i'm sure most of you have very young turkeys uh, as late as august and early september the last couple of years 
that were the result of very late re-nesting efforts uh, by the birds. And the late nesting effort seems to be, uh, at least in, in most of my observations, the reason that we've got a lot of jakes. And uh, I want to know if that's what you folks are seeing because I, I uh, again, have a network of, of folks that I uh, comport with about these things and they keep me abreast of what they see and then I kind of you know, match it with what I see. So uh, I will say that most of my buddies that are hunting uh, religiously have had real good luck. Uh, I've not hunted a bunch. I've, I've only been out twice because, quite frankly, the fishing was so good. And I love filling the freezer with crappie when I've got the opportunity during the period of the year when they're shallow. That's when they're the most fun for me to pursue. So I've been taking advantage of that late spawning cycle that's been, again, spread out, kind of like the nesting effort by the turkeys. It's a similar situation. They came to the banks in a big way. Uh, and had an excellent spawning opportunity in early April and ran up to, oh, I don't know, the 10th or so. Uh, and then, then we got all those up and down temperature variations, a lot of rain. A lot of the lakes uh, that had been holding water were still high. Uh, Rough River was high during that period. Uh, after it drew down, they really came to the banks down there. No wind was high and stayed high through most of the cycle. Uh, Kentucky Lake, the current draw down there was unbelievable. Barkley was chocolate milk. Uh, if you, or as I like to say, it was so muddy you could track a coon across the lake. <laughs> and uh, it uh, presented its difficulties. So there was a mixed bag of things that happened, but I'm seeing spawning crappie, uh, Females heavily laden with eggs and males still on the beds with their spawning colors this week. And I think you'll see a significant amount of that activity going through this next week. And after that, it will drop off very, very quickly, I'm sure. And again, I'm not saying that we're rock and roll with crappie spawn, but I'm saying it's not over. So if you've got an opportunity to get out in that sunshine kill that corona get with it. that's the uh, best advice i can give you and it's it's good advice all the way around fresh air is uh is real good for the body and soul in my opinion as you all know i get out there every chance i can so uh those are situations that i've seen uh, i do want to mention as some tips for you turkey hunters out there because the flocks have broken up because um, a number of the hens are traveling solo either from nesting or uh, because they're laying eggs and they tend to be secretive when they're doing that. Uh, single or double hen decoy setups on average are a better bet and more effective than the type of uh, decoy sets that you'll use earlier in the year and that's very evident because they've already done the fighting and what you risk when you put out a big strut gobbler this late in the season is if you do have a two-year-old bird that's eager to breed and you bring him in 
And this happened to me, incidentally, uh, opening morning of the season. They come in, and because of the fighting, because of the dominance by the, the older birds, they don't want to come up and mix up with that big boy. You know, they've already been whipped by him, and they're not willing to take that risk, and they'll tend to shy off the decoy. So that's something to consider. There's times when those strutter decoys do an excellent job, but in my estimation, you're better off with the more, uh, gosh, uh, conservative type of setup, I guess is the best way to describe that, because after all, they're coming in looking for a hen. They're not coming in looking to fight. So late in the season, in this particular season, I feel like the use of uh, single or double or even triple hens is a good idea. One of my favorite setups is an alert hen, like she's noticed the gobbler, and then one that's in a feeding posture. It doesn't hurt a lot of times to use a submissive or half-strut jake, uh, but I've seen birds shy off of that too. So it's uh, you pay your money, you take your chances, as I like to say. All right, folks, coming back from break, we're going to talk about a big controversy down at Lake Cumberland. There's a uh, dock operator who wants to put in a huge dock facility that's going to impede boat traffic and fishing opportunities down there uh, where Alligator 2 used to be. So we'll talk about that coming back from break. Stick with us. We'll be right back. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. 